everyone. Welcome into episode number 57 of the Building Up Podcast. I'm David McConnell. This podcast is part of the Bible teaching ministry at Agape Church in Pinson, Alabama. We really appreciate you guys being with us today. If you're a first-time listener, thank you. We would love for you to consider subscribing to our podcast, listening to some of our old episodes, and receiving the new ones. You can do that through your favorite podcast app, Building Up at Agape Church is what you need to search for. One of the things that we love to do on this podcast is answer questions from listeners. And today we have a question that has been asked by countless Christians throughout time. Perhaps you have wrestled with this question yourself. What is the unforgivable sin according to the Bible? Now, the second question that goes along with that is one that uh, many Christians have also asked. Have I committed the unforgivable sin? So we're going to try to talk about this. I don't believe we're going to get to all of it on today's episode, but we'll cover this over a couple of weeks and see if we can get some answers from the Bible. I think there's a lot of theories, a lot of ideas out there about what the unforgivable sin is. Uh, a lot of people have different takes on it, different ideas and instructions. I personally think the Bible is really clear. I think Jesus, who's the one who talked about the unforgivable sin, I think he's really clear about the nature of the sin and exactly what it is. And we just have to uh, find it in context and understand what's happening when Jesus speaks on this matter. And if we do that, I, I believe we can get a really good idea of what this sin is all about. So it's mentioned in uh, three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, and we're going to primarily look for the purpose of this podcast at the uh, at the Gospel of Mark. So Mark chapter 3, if you have a Bible and want to go there, we're going to look at verse 22 in just a moment. Now let me give a little background of what's happening uh, when we get to this passage. Jesus is fairly early in his ministry. He's traveling around. He's doing miracles. He's healing the blind and the deaf and the lame, and he is casting out demons. And the people who are being healed and the people who are seeing his ministry are absolutely amazed. And they're asking questions. Could this be the son of David talking about the Messiah? His popularity is growing. And one group of individuals who are not happy about this are the religious leaders in those areas, the religious leaders of the Jewish people. And primarily, they're not happy about this because they're jealous. Um, Mark chapter 1 talks about how uh, the uh, people would say that Jesus is unlike anyone they've ever heard teach before, that he's unlike their teachers. He's unlike the scribes because he teaches as one who has authority. So these religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, they're not happy with Jesus. They want to get the people's attention off of him and they want him to go away. And that's really what's happening when we get to Mark chapter 3, which tells us that the scribes in verse 22 travel down from Jerusalem to where Jesus is. And they begin to say to people that are following Jesus, he's possessed by Satan or Beelzebul. And they also tell the people that it's by the prince of demons that he cast out other demons. So in other words, he has, he has a, 
a uh, a chief demon in him, and that demon is what's allowing him to cast out these demons. So they, they're not denying his miracles. They're not denying what he's doing. Uh, but they are insulting him among the people, and they're planning suspicions among the people about the nature of his work. And so Jesus, in verse 23 and 24 uh, and onward, uh, logically refutes what the scribes are saying. He's, he tells them, like, how could Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom's divided against itself, that kingdom is not going to stand. So it, in other words, it makes no logical sense that I'm casting out demons by the power of other demons. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew records that Jesus adds that if it's by the Spirit of God that I'm casting out demons then you know the kingdom of God has come upon you. And of course, that is exactly how Jesus was casting out these demons, by the Holy Spirit in him. And it is in that context that we get Jesus' teaching, or Jesus, his warning to these scribes in Mark chapter 3, verse 28, 29, and 30. Truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. Now, it's really important the way Mark describes not only what Jesus said, but why he said it. Mark says the reason that Jesus gives this warning in verse 29, that if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you will never have forgiveness because you're guilty of it, an eternal sin. Mark says the reason Jesus gave that warning is because the scribes were saying that Jesus has an unclean spirit, a demonic spirit. And so what we see with these religious leaders is that they were observing the power of God that was unfolding in Jesus. They had to know that something was going on with this man that was divine, that he is doing good and that he is casting out the works and the powers of darkness from people. And they see that power unfolding. Maybe even some of their own family members have been healed or have tasted some of this uh, goodness of the Lord through Jesus. And something's happening in their hearts. They can't let go of it. They can't let go of the fact that Jesus is doing these things, but their hearts are not glad and their hearts are not joyful. Rather, they're They're haunted by what's happening, and they travel to go to where Jesus is so that they can tell the people that Jesus isn't doing these things by the power of God, but rather by Satan. In other words, they go to the people to try and delude others and try to get other people to stop looking at Jesus and following him by telling them that's not God at work in him. That is Satan at work in him. And so when the these scribes, when they describe the power of God that was at work in Jesus, the person at work in Jesus, when they declared that that power in that person was demonic, 
was satanic. That is what caused Jesus to give them this warning. Because Jesus knows this is an outrageous attack against the Holy Spirit. These men know something is going on, and they harden their hearts against it, and they speak ill of the work, the power inside of Jesus, and they say it's satanic. And that is when Jesus warns them, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you may, you will never have forgiveness. Now, it's important to note, Jesus didn't actually tell these men they had committed this sin. Maybe they had, maybe they hadn't, but he's giving them a warning. If they had not yet committed this sin, they were in danger of doing it. Guys, you are doing something. You are saying something that is putting you on a cliff. You are on the edge You are looking into an abyss, and if you keep going, you're going to step off, and there will be no return. So when we talk about this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, I think we can see from the context that what this sin is not, it is not just speculation of, I wonder what kind of power is inside of this man. It is not a sin of murder, as some people have talked about the unforgivable sin being. It's not simply returning to your sin over and over and over again, although that can lead to dangerous spiritual ramifications, but that's not what's happening here. This is not taking the Lord's name in vain. This is not simply resisting the Holy Spirit until you die, which is probably one of the most common explanations of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that people say it's simply resisting the Holy Spirit um, unto death. And that's not what's happening here. What this sin is in context, it's a verbal sin. It is a spoken sin, and it is very intentional. These scribes were They knew what they were doing as they were ascribing the work of God in Jesus, the work of the Spirit of God in Jesus to Satan. Even if you were to hear this, and maybe you are someone who at one time or another, perhaps you saw something happening. Maybe you saw someone speaking in tongues, or you saw some work of God, and you, maybe you... uh, You know, maybe you made fun of that, or maybe you spoke against it. I could see that that could be a fearful thing um, about whether or not I've committed this sin. But I think even, even at that, there appears to be a level of anger, a level of resentment against God's Spirit that is causing these, this spewing of insults and reviling against uh, against his spirit inside of Jesus. Jonathan Edwards said that for him, it looked like there were three things essential to this unforgivable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Number one, he said there there was conviction, that these men knew in their hearts something about Jesus was divine. Remember when Jesus died on the cross? Do you remember they had set Roman guards outside of his tomb? 
And when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, those Roman guards went to the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, and they told them that Jesus was risen from the dead. And the Bible says that the Jewish leaders, they didn't look at the Roman guards and say, you're crazy. No, they believed them. But then they told them, keep quiet about this. We'll give you money. Don't tell anyone. These religious leaders knew something was divine about this man, but they were choosing to ignore it. So you have conviction. They know something's going on, but they they ignore it. And then number two, Jonathan Edwards said, you see malice in these men, that they have contempt for the Holy Spirit in his work. And they're intentionally reviling him, and and they're con- they're intentionally going against their conviction And number three, Jonathan Edwards said, you see presumption among these scribes. There's no restraint. There's no fear. There's no awe that holds them back. They are daringly and outwardly expressing this malice that they have against the Holy Spirit because they're so against this work that's happening from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit inside of Jesus, that to them it was evil and at any cost, they were going to get people to turn away from Jesus. And so they ascribed the power of the Spirit to Satan. So I think that this gives us an idea of what the unforgivable sin is. It is a belittling of the Holy Spirit that is so grievous that the Bible says it's unforgivable. You, you'll never be able to be forgiven of this sin. This is something that is spoken. It's something that's intentional. It is something that is coming from a hardened heart. It's coming with malice and it's coming with presumption. No fear of God in this sin. Now, this leads us to some other questions. Why is the sin against the Holy Spirit so great that you can't be forgiven of it? And how do you know if you've committed that sin? And those are the questions that we're going to deal with on the next episode of our podcast. So I hope you will join us for that in part two of what I think is a very important uh, uh, series of questions that we're answering. Uh, so in the meantime, if you have any questions about what I've, I've said today, use the email that you're about to hear in the outro, send those questions in. I'll receive them and I would love to dialogue with you about those until next week. Church, let's continue to rely on Jesus together. Grace and peace to your families. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast. If you have a question about today's episode or if you would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us at buildingup@agapepinson.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app. Or you can watch the video format by visiting us online at agapepinson.com. Mm-hmm.